You need money to buy food. You need money to buy basic necessities. And only after that, do you need a house. So the desperation for real money, which will be silver, will be much more than for houses. Well, hello there, my friends. Raf here from the Endgame Investor with this week's Silver Report for Arcadia Economics. This week, I'm going to start with a little bit about Argentina to answer the question, is real estate really that protective against the hyperinflation? Spoiler alert, the answer is nope. I'll show you this graphically, explain it logically, and remember that in the end game, the bell ringing to the end game, the end of the monetary system as we have known it since 1971 will be when you can buy a house, acquire real estate, decent real estate for 75 ounces of silver. Not exactly that number, won't last for a very long time, but that is the end game in terms of real estate. And I'll show you the flip side of that silver coin in a chart that we'll get into in a minute. We're going to also go into an egregious error I made in a previous video where I was interviewed by the great Canadian prepper YouTube channel, a, a slightly different community than this gold and silver community, but they are preppers and we do need to unite to reestablish order in the world after the end game hits. They will be a very useful community and we will be a very useful community and us uniting is going to be one of the answers to how we restore law and order on this planet. I'm going to show you how the open interest chart of the last five years for gold shows that we are in a stable and strong gold bull market and how we continue to be in a historically unprecedented situation, palladium comparing with the gold market and open interest. I've done this before, but I want to get a little bit more into the nitty gritty here. What is happening in palladium now has happened in the silver market four times since 2015. Not to the extent that it's happening in palladium, but still, when it did happen in the silver market to the minor extent that it did, it did signal intermediate major bottoms. Mining stocks are going through a gold miners bullish percent index signal of an intermediate bottom now. And finally, the pattern of higher lows is holding in silver just barely. We'll see if it continues to hold after this week and next. And if it does, we should continue the next leg up shortly. As always, this week's Silver Report is brought to you by Fortuna Silver Mines, symbol FSM. Uh, I wanted to delve into the question, is Fortuna a gold or a silver miner? And technically it is both, uh, but we're going to go into the numbers here, why I think it is an especially appropriate stock for the end game. If you are into mining stocks, this is not advice. Uh, this is only entertainment, of course, because I don't give advice. So, Fortuna, gold or silver miner? Well, we see the quarter Q2 2023 consolidated sales statistics. $158.4 million of sales, and the breakdown is uh, 87% precious metals compared to copper, zinc, and lead, which are the byproducts of mining. But I wanted to get into the gold versus the silver ratio in terms of revenue here. 70% gold, you can see with a realized price of 1974, 17% silver at 2410, realized price for the quarter. The gold to silver ratio right now is about 80 to 1. I expect it to fall to about 15 to 1 not for very long when it reaches 15 to one, but when it does settle down, I think it should settle down maybe 20 to 30, maybe 40, something like that. It's going to be a lot lower than what it is now. I think at least twice as low. I think 40 to one might be a fair uh, ratio after the initial end game stages uh, hit and we settle down into some kind of equilibrium, 70% to 17%. Now that is about four times the revenue in gold to silver, whereas the gold to silver ratio is about 80 to one. So uh, by by that ratio, 4 to 1 versus 81, 
80 to 1. Fortuna really is primarily a silver miner, even though the vast majority of its revenues today come from gold. Because as that ratio falls from 80 to 1 to closer to 15 to 1, the ratio of uh, revenue from silver is going to climb a lot faster. And the, the amount, the proportion of gold revenues for Fortuna is going to shrink relative to silver as the gold-silver ratio falls back towards 15 to 1. So right now, when the gold-silver ratio is very high, around 80 to 1, uh, it's a good stock to hold, not advice for that reason. And as we head towards a, a silver maxing out relative to gold, uh, Fortuna is going to be in very good shape because a, a lot of its revenues come from silver even now when the gold silver ratio is 80 to 1. Uh, if any of you follow my YouTube channel, Rafi Farber, you can find me on YouTube pretty easily. Uh, you would know that I'm a big fan of Javier Mille, the candidate, libertarian candidate for president who looks like he's going to win the elections are on October 22nd. This guy is a badass and I'm in love with him. I've been let down by politicians before. I know that's an issue. And if I'm let down by him, okay, well, we'll keep going. I don't put my faith in any single politician, but I can't deny that I'm excited about his, his potential victory. Uh, I don't want to get into him. You can watch my latest YouTube video, uh, my uh, expose on him, a good expose. Uh, so the point here is, is real estate really protection against hyperinflation? Nope. Very few of us have experienced real hyperinflation, so we only imagine that real estate could be a protection against real hyperinflation, but this chart will show you that it isn't. Argentina is already hyperinflating. I think the inflation rate is something like 130% or whatever. It reached 22,000% in 1990, but there's really not much of a difference between 100% and 22,000%. Yeah, there's a difference, but we're headed towards the end of the currency, or towards the end the second or third end of the Argentine peso. Uh, so we see here the housing index for Argentina. Uh, the housing prices have gone up, wow, 7.86%, up from 5.57% in June of 2023. Compare that to about 130% inflation rate. No, no. Um, uh, housing prices are not going up nearly fast enough to match consumer prices. Uh, and this jives with uh, real estate being purchasable in the end game, I believe, at uh, about 75 ounces of silver for a decent sized house. I, I'm not sure about those exact numbers, but it's definitely going to come down in terms of silver. And the logic to that is that when a division of labor really breaks down, housing is needed. Everybody needs housing. But before you need housing, you need everything. You need money because you need a division of labor. But right, without a division of labor, without a functioning money, a mob comes and breaks down your door and you know steals your house or kicks you out of it and kills you. So the first thing you need is a money. You need money to buy food. You need money to buy basic necessities. And only after that do you need a house. So the desperation for real money, which will be silver, will be much more than for houses. And there will be desperation for houses for sure because people need a place to live. But the point is the first thing that an economy needs and the breakdown and an end game of a monetary system is money itself, which means it will go up in value way more than uh, real estate as a specific good. Now, uh, about my egregious error I made in my interview with Canadian Prepper, I had said that a dime represents about a tenth of an ounce of silver, and this is wrong. I made the uh, silly mistake of thinking that a dime as 10 cents, uh, meaning a dollar me being an ounce, would be about a tenth of an ounce, but no, silly me. Uh, I didn't know that it got, even before the government went off the silver standard and stopped circulating silver uh, coins in its monetary system in 1964, it was still stupid. So uh, 14 silver dimes to make an ounce. All right. So Chris says, just heads up from a viewer. Chris writes me. You can spam his email at chrisarcadiaeconomics.com. Now you know his email. It's secret. Apparently, this viewer says, 
just a heads up from viewer, it takes 14 times to make an ounce of silver. Apparently, you said 10 in a video. You did, and he wanted to point out that out. I still love you, though, regardless of how many silver dimes it takes. Chris, it's good to know that Chris loves me. Uh, all you need is love. I bring you love. It's bringing love. Don't let it get away. Break its legs. Uh, all you need is some silver also. Uh, so this guy has written, Rafi is a teacher. So was my mother, by the way. I don't know who this guy is. I'm trying to support the stacking prepping community by pointing this out. So Rafi needs to actually receive this feedback. That very important detail is that 14 US 90% silver dimes are required to have one troy ounce of silver. Rafi said, Ted, in that video, ouch, my migraine. People learn from Rafi, so he has to teach that very important detail. I'll let you read the rest of this. Uh, if you can pause the video here and read it yourself, I will keep going. I apologize for my error. It takes 14 silver dimes, one of an ounce of silver. All right. Open interest shows clear bull trend. This I shared on the Endgame Investor. I share a little bit of what I put on the Endgame Investor on every silver report. I don't want to put too much there because, you know, I have to save a lot for my subscribers. Uh, which you can get a two-week free trial of at the link in the description below. And also support Chris and Yara at Arcadia Economics. So uh, I put three hour, three lines here. The first uh, from 2019 to about 2020, you see here that the price of gold is rising along with the open interest in gold, which means that this uh, bull cycle here was fueled mostly by the derivatives by gold futures because the as the as the open interest rose, so did the price. And then we see an evening out. We see like a smash down here. This was March 2020, where open interest was reset lower, and then price quickly picked back up, uh, meaning this was just a quick reaction to the dump in the in the gold futures markets, which means they can control the gold price for a little bit, but not forever, only in short term. In my opinion, it's okay if you disagree with me. That's just my way of looking at it. Uh, so from 2020, from the top in August 2020 to about uh, March, this is March 2022 when um, what was that nickel the nickel fiasco exploded and the derivatives markets and all kinds of metal futures almost exploded uh, all across the planet. So we see here a static price. There's fluctuations up and down, but it's basically flat. This black line here, and also open interest was basically flat to this time. And here I didn't write this arrow in, but from March. 7th 2022 the nickel crisis all the way down to the gold bottom at 1620 uh you know the the price was edging down and so was open interest here and now we are at a minimal level of open interest over the last five years since 2019 here is the change this is important we see here a static level of open interest uh it's up and there's some fluctuations as there always are but the level the overall level is the same from late 2022 to now but but we see here the price of gold is edging higher trending higher despite the flat open interest this means that the price increases are being fueled not by the derivatives markets otherwise we would have seen a rising open interest but they're being fueled by i believe the physical markets even though we don't see it in the premiums right now this, I believe, is what is actually happening. Now, back into the historically unprecedented palladium situation, it's getting worse and worse by the week for the speculative hedge funds who get become more and more short palladium by the week. It's unbelievable. It's a long-term track going all the way back to 1985, uh, maybe 1986, whatever it is. And we see here that the, uh, the the blue has never been on the top, the blue being the long, the red being in the bottom. The red is the the speculative hedge funds. They have never been so short ever uh, 11,000 contracts short. We're going to zoom in and see what's happening here. This is a zoom in of the same chart going back, I think, a year, maybe six months or whatever it is. This is the weekly chart. And we see here that the commercials, the palladium producers have never been more long palladium. And the 
the speculative hedge funds have never been more short palladium. Now, what does that mean? Well, first of all, look, we have here a little uptick in the palladium price um, as the short positions of the speculators have increased. Could this be the bottom? Could this be the beginning of the short squeeze? I don't know. I have sitting power. I am personally long palladium. The, uh, the uh, what's it called? The palladium ETF. And I know it's not palladium, uh, but I'm in this just for a quick trade. Uh, but if you want to buy physical palladium, if you can find any uh, at a decent price, go for it. But uh, it's really hard to find because the prices are so low, which is another indicator that this is not the right price for palladium. Uh, so we're going to go into this is the long term COTs of the gold uh, gold futures market. And we see here 2001. This was the bottom for gold, specifically when the reds. The speculative positions for gold futures were at an all-time high, and the speculative longs for commercials were at an all-time high. It has never been this uh, lopsided since 2000, since the ultimate bottom for gold. It happened one time over here in 2018, uh, where just for a very brief uh, few weeks, the speculators went short and the commercials went long. This was that 2018 bottom, which led to the uh top here in 2020 and you know the the march 2020 uh, uh panic freak out you can barely see it on this chart it felt like a lot as it was happening but it's not a big deal uh if you can hold through it uh, the same thing happened in silver meaning this is not isolated to palladium whenever the speculators went short it was a major intermediate bottom in silver and this is a chart since 2015 this is very rare to happen in silver but it has happened not to the extent that it happened in palladium that's happening in palladium now but it has happened uh so we see here in 2018 a major intermediate bottom for silver here a slightly higher bottom for silver same thing was happening the reds and the blues switched on the cot's uh, and here we have the same thing, this major bottom, the one that we just went through, and I think it was September 2022, that was when the uh, commercials went uh, long and the speculators went short just barely. And again here, barely happened this major low uh, in early 2023. So it's not happening in silver now. My point is it's happening in palladium. It's very extreme and palladium tends to be a barometer for what's happening in the monetary system. Uh, why is this happening on a fundamental level? I'm not sure. I'm not a palladium expert. I don't understand the market. I'm just looking at the COTs. But what we can see here is that distrib distribution of palladium exporters, the number one exporter is Russia. Does this mean that World War III is going to break out in Russia? I have no idea. Are the palladium people, whoever is trading the markets, are they betting on World War III? Uh, if so, then why are the, the commercial shorting play? I don't understand it. Just There's just some weird stuff going on. And I think it's worth it for me personally, not for you. I don't give advice to go long palladium here. Uh, miners, uh, mining stocks look to have reached something of an intermediate bottom, judging by the gold miners bullish percent index. You can see here I've lined up the Huey stock, gold miners stock, gold and silver miners stock index, precious metals stock index. Uh, with the gold miners bullish percent index and it hit an intermediate bottom here and what the price went up and here this is March 2020 the price went way up from here here's an intermediate bottom again here's an intermediate bottom again um, this was as low as it got uh, the bullish percent about five percent and this was a major bottom and now the difference is we're having higher bottoms higher lows and the uh, bullish percent index went to about 14.29 percent now and we're at a higher low right now. So is the is the bottom in? It looks like it could be. Um, uh, technicals are never 100%, uh, but this is also showing up in silver. It's hard to see. 
And with the sentiment as it is now and the annoying price action in silver, what we see here, August uh, 2022, the bottom in silver at, was it $17 or something, $17, $18, I don't remember. We have a higher low over here, higher low over here, higher low over here in March 2023, higher low over here in June 2023, slightly higher low over here in August 2023, and again, a higher low, if this is the low in, where are we, September 2023, and we've just hit the 50-week moving average, and it looks like we may have bounced off it. Is this for sure? I don't know, but still... All things considered, the higher low pattern still is maintained since August 2022, which is a good sign. You may have noticed that I feel a little bit more energetic or I sound a little bit more energetic. Well, I'm just excited about Argentina and I can't really help it. I like the guy. Um, we'll see if he lets me down. If he lets me down, I'll recover. I'm not putting my faith in any single politician, of course. Uh, but, you know, it's good to feel some excitement in today's negative world. And I encourage you all to feel excited sometimes. And if you're let down, don't let it destroy you. You'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll get through this uh, with silver and with gold and with our friends and with our communities. Um, if you enjoyed this video, then please uh, support me and Chris and Yara uh, by signing up for a two-week trial of the Endgame Investor or become my patron on Patreon where I give a weekly class on Torah and silver and gold and monetary policy and topics. I'll be putting out my Rosh Hashanah message tomorrow, God willing, for the Jewish New Year 5784. I will be releasing that on YouTube and Twitter. It will be for everyone, but my patrons will get it first. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone celebrating Shana Tova. And to all those who have other holidays coming up, enjoy whatever holiday it might be. It's only September, so I don't know what it is. But uh, have a good one, and I'll see you guys next week.